Sci-Five is back again. What's happening, everybody? Good evening, and welcome back to Talking Sci-Fi. We are joined by none other than Mr. Will Barton. Will Barton. Howdy, howdy. What's Lee, going on? Lee I Ferguson. Lee Ferguson to my right, and myself, Ian. We are here tonight to deliver you our top five Star Trek characters. Right, and we did a uh, top five Star Wars characters about mm-hmm. mid well, we're at 53 or 4 right now, so mm-hmm. a, around 25-ish, yep. we did a top Very five early Star on. Wars characters, and I don't know, I was sitting at work today, we were trying to come up with a, a top five list, and I'm looking through, and I literally printed out on a dock all the podcasts that we've done, and in about mid of the way, I look and I see Star Wars characters, and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, well, what did we do Star Trek character-wise? We did Captains. We did Captains. Um, mm-hmm. But that... There was nothing for Star Trek characters. What are our favorite characters? Mm-hmm. Good or bad. Doesn't matter who they are. Did we do Star Trek captains? We did Star Trek captains. We did. And, and yeah. that's like the thing. I was looking at my list and I'm like, well, most of my top five <laughs> are also Star Trek captains. And then you look at your top five list and you're like, how in the hell do I pick a top five for something I'm like really passionate about? Right. And I was like, man, we should expand this out to like a top 10 or a top 15. But you're right. I had, to, I had to really do some thinking because I got an honorable mentions list as long as my leg. You know what I mean? I've, I was going to say, this is probably my my longest honorable mentions list in a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's, that's not a problem. I'm going to do a good one tonight. Top five Star Trek uh, characters. Who do you want to start off? Mr. Barton, how about you? You start us off there. Me? Okay. All right. I, um, my number five, Khan Noonien Singh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So when I when I think of villains in, in the Star Trek universe, there's a lot of really, really good ones. But the one that consistently always stands out for me uh, is Ricardo Montalban's portrayal of Khan. Mm. Um you, you got to be an incredible villain and an incredible actor when you're a villain for one episode in a 1960s television show that nobody thought was really going to survive. And then they bring you back for a feature-length movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yes. And, I mean, he just has such incredible screen presence, and you felt every bit of that, you know, obsessed, revenge-driven, yes. super baddie. Um you know, you know everything from the quoting of the Herman Melville, Moby Dick, and everything like that to you know the the, the occasional breaks in that really cool demeanor. It, it, just an incredible portrayal. And I mean, we saw we saw uh, Benedict Cumberbatch play Khan in, in the newer movies, and nothing against him. You know, you're you're sort of like hamstrung by the movie, mm-hmm. and then by the fact that you're following somebody like Ricardo Montalban. Um, so I kind of think the kid was set up for failure a little bit in a way. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree 100%. But Montalban for the win, man. Khan Noonien sang for me all the way. Awesome pick. Awesome pick. I don't know if they really did that justice for a young Khan in the, well, no. in the it, prequels. It, it it, was, the, the look wasn't right. For, it just didn't, the look wasn't right. It was fine as it, not as Khan. Like, yeah. if they didn't try to make him Khan, I was quite okay with the character. But the fact that they made him Khan is my biggest issue with that entire movie. Because, yeah. first of all, I mean, you know, nothing against, like you said, Will, nothing against, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, absolutely his, excellent actor. His character in the movie, I agree 100%. His, his character was, was a great character. Yes. If it wasn't yeah. Khan, right? I right. agree yeah, 100%. But you know what you, yes. somebody said it once, that. and I, yeah. I can't remember if it was, I think it actually <clears throat> might have been John Eves who said it. It was either John or Doug Drexler that said something to the effect of, 
Um, and if I'm misquoting either one of you two gents, I'm sorry. But <laughs> said something affected. If you change the name from Khan to Gary Mitchell, it's it would have been perfect. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You, know, you could have made him oh, Gary, Gary Mitchell and introduced the Gary Mitchell superhuman storyline to it. And it would have been an awesome movie, you know? Yeah. But you got, like, the whitest white dude ever right. to play a man who is traditionally supposed to be a Sikh. Yes. And yes. at least with Montalban, he was able to pull it off. Because, good insight. You know, he, yeah. Very but good insight. It, it was very, very hard to see, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. God, we're all agreeing. I, I lovingly we're refer to his Burlington Coat Factory as Khan. You know? Good, we got a lot of agreement going on. Hey, yeah, speaking of agreeing, good. we should probably agree to have that first shot. Let's do eh? that first shot. Oh, my. Oh Will, are you my. shooting anything special over there or nothing? Nothing? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting San Pellegrino. Oh. San Pellegrino. Cheers. Cheers. I'm trying to take it easy tonight. <laughs> Thanks. Mm. Uh, no, I will yeah. be. When we go to... When we go to a break, I'll probably go get something. I absolutely, I absolutely ran short of time today, and I forgot to pour myself a snort of something. So I will be saluting everybody with seltzer water until I can <laughs> rectify that situation. So Not fans, please forgive me. Don't we'll, take my sailor card from me, please. We'll have to split a shot for Will until the break. <laughs> so we'll have to pour another one and split that. Well, just, no, just email it to me. You can send it by the interwebs. By the interwebs. <laughs> the interweb. You'd have to 3D print it, but, you know. Might be a little, uh, might be a little solid. I got All the right. printer going in the background right now. I don't know if you can hear it or not. But <laughs> let's roll number two to you. Let's go uh, right. counterclockwise tonight. Um, my number five is going to go to uh, Mr. Spock from the original series. TOS Spock. TOS Spock. Yeah, um, you know the 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 series portrayal. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, perfect, perfect. You know, start to a great character. Um, you have. Uh, all the movies as well, the character development in the movies. Um, I mean, and first and foremost, you can't, well, it's hard to top a character like that where he was supposed to be strictly the second to Kirk and gradually became a crowd favorite. Almost above and beyond the original series Kirk. It was Spock. Um, yeah, he became like, he almost became like his elder advisor. Like yes. he's no longer beneath, below him. Um, as an officer, now he's like the elder advisor, like the wise guy over Kirk. Yes. Yep. Great great way to put it. Especially with futuristic Spock. You know, futuristic Spock yeah. on the ice planet, and he's like... Yeah, he was badass. I, I really love that character. Yeah. Another prequel. Go figure. Cool. Me and prequels. You're number five? I would be surprised oh. if our top fives don't all have the top three from TOS in some form or fashion. And I'm, I mean... It's very it's it's very hard to get away from those top three. It really, really is. My number five. I mean, my number five is going to be a prequel, Kirk. Yeah, well, sorry, okay. I'm okay. splitting okay. up. Okay. I'm splitting a character, but it is what it is. I I make no secret about loving the prequel movies. Uh, mm. You know, it made me fall in love with Star Trek again. Like, wow, these mm. are these are pretty awesome. They did such a great job with it. We've mm. talked at length about it, but yep. prequel Kirk for me, man, is uh, just made me go. What a great pick. You know, he brought that arrogance and that that smartass, that witty sarcasm. But yes. he's but yeah. he's aggressive and he's daring, and you can see how a great way to make a young Kirk all of these things that are a little over the top, mm. and that for me, that young Kirk into older Kirk, you can I can I can just feel the transition. Kirk gets a little bit older, he gets a little bit wiser. You know what I mean? You, mm. I feel that transition, and I thought what a great way to start off. Uh, a Kirk character in a prequel, so that was my number five. 
I like it. I Mr. like Barton, it. Barton, you're number four. Uh oh. It's it's. <laughs> and this is where you get you know you start feeling convicted. <laughs> Damn it, Lee! I'm a sailor, not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> doctor Leonard McCoy. Yep. Yes. Um, in any in any form or fashion. So obviously, DeForest Kelly was the gold standard. Um, so much the gold standard that he was brought in as Admiral McCoy in the very first episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. The very first uh, TOS cast member to be brought back in the Next Generation. I think the only other one was Spock. You know, because uh, we we saw Kirk in the movies, but throughout the series, we saw you know some side characters like you know Sarek and a couple of the Klingons and stuff like that, but. Uh, Scotty didn't come in until Relics. I want to say, what the f- Relics was like the fifth or the sixth season or something I like think, that. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yep. And we never saw Uhura. We never saw Chekhov. We never saw um, Sulu, although there was some mention made of him. But mm-hmm. um, something about Doc McCoy brings it home for me because he's extremely capable, a, a skilled surgeon, but he's also a very cantankerous and damaged individual. Yes, yes. You know? Like, if you know the story behind behind Bones and, you know, how he got on the Enterprise, it was sort of highlighted in the prequel, uh, in the prequel, uh, reimagining Star Trek movie from 2009. He got divorced from his wife, and he's got a daughter, and, you know, he pretty much lost everything. I lost my whole damn house in the divorce. <laughs> Took everything except my bones, you know. But there was actually a, a book written uh, 20-something years prior to that that actually talks about, you know, uh, bones in his relationship with his daughter and his divorce and everything like really? that. So he's an older guy. Yeah, huh. yep. I got it. I got the paperback of it here somewhere. I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but older guy joins Starfleet. You know, maybe a little bit later than the average cadet. You know, he's your typical country doctor from down south, and he is just aggravated by anything that does not fit into <laughs> his status quo. Nice. You know. And, and he's just he's just such a great character because he's the humanistic, you know, emotional aspect of the command triad between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. He's just a lot of fun. Does that's I a never, complete 180 from me. Does that sound a familiar? complete does 180. Does that sound familiarly? Aggravated about anything? You know. He's kind of my spirit animal, too, because I think if I, I think, you know, when you're young, you want to be like Captain Kirk or you want to be, you know, Captain Pike or Captain, you want to be the captain and, you know, the older I get, the more I feel in tune with McCoy. The more I'm just kind of like, I don't want to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, just tell me what the fuck you want me to do, Captain. I'll fucking get it done and, you know, just I, fuck off and let me do my thing. I, I, I think my, my favorite uh, favorite interaction with, with uh, Forrest Kelly's McCoy is on the motion picture when he beams on board the Enterprise for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And he go and... and um, He's talking about, you know, your revered Admiral Nagura, you know, used what they cl- called the Reserve Activation Clause. They drafted me. And yeah. Kirk is standing there, and all of a sudden McCoy puts it together and he goes, It was you. It was this you, Dad. <laughs> I love it because it reflects like the 70s. He's got that leisure suit on with the yes. gigantic belt buckle and the huge medallion across his neck. Yes. And, you know, the taco meat hanging out of his chest and everything taco like that. Meat. It was hilarious, you know? Oh my god! Oh, it's such good stuff. I have to watch the TOS again. It's an awful movie, but a wonderful soundtrack and mm-hmm. great fly around of the Enterprise the, and really good. The testing. director's edition or director's cut—I forget exactly what they're calling it—they did a beautiful job. Re- oh yeah, cleaning it all yeah, up. Darren, I mean, god damn, that's Darren Doctorman, man. That was his baby. Yep. He just absolutely made a, a masterpiece out of that. We talk so much. It's McCoy, right? That was your. 
<laughs> yeah, yes, we went so on with that. All right, Mr. Uh, Kaplan. Okay. My number four. So I look at you in these giant glasses. Mr. Might, Kaplan. Might surprise some people, but I have no apologies. Captain Liam Shaw. I get it, and I support that decision. I mean, I when we first Convince met him. Me. Okay, me. when we first me met why. him, um, I I couldn't stand him. Um, but then I started to kind of piece together, you know, the, the, the bigger picture, right? You know, uh, Picard and Riker were coming onto his ship. It's, to... it's the end when he came around. No, 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 no. Him, let me it? convince you. It... So let me convince you and you, you just, 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 just wanna, stay over there. Convince me that this so, is your top five character. I'm, all I'm working on it. Shut up. Fuck. Fuck. So where's Vader? Oh my God. Don't you dare. I haven't. I just need him close at hand. I'm Okay. So he does his own thing. First of all, Picard and Riker. Are talking sci-fi fans over here? Can you see like the the Sophia and Dorothy from Golden Girls <laughs> vibe going on over here? You know, I'm just saying. So you know? okay, so Will's the middle ground. Picard and, and Riker come on board the Titan, you know, to to go and find Beverly Crusher, right? And Shaw is like, no, like we're not, we're we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're not going off on some you know, rescue mission, basically. Um, you know, th- this is exactly what it's going to be. It's an inspection, and you boys are guests on board my ship, and that's that's how it is. And you, your initial response is... Zero respect. Well, your initial response is like, that motherfucker, does he realize who he's talking to? Douchebag. And then you think about it. Picard would have reacted the exact same exact way. Same way, That yes. if an admiral stepped on board the Enterprise and goes, hey, we're doing this, this, and this. And the proof is, is in the pudding in the one episode where they go back and try to find the Pegasus from, uh, I don't remember the episode's name, but the proof was in the pudding. So Shaw wasn't, you know, yes, he was a dick, but he was, as you grew to understand his character and, and the mentality he was, he was an engineer, okay? He wasn't, you know, top brass, anything else. He was a he was an engineer. So he is a by-the-book, method uh, methodical character. Yeah, that's an understatement. That's it. By the book, you know, yeah. And then, yes, as things started to to put together and he's realizing exactly what's happening and that Picard and Riker, that yes, they did something wrong. They did try to commandeer the Titan. He's starting to piece it all together where it's like, oh shit, something is actually, something's, something's up. This is not right. We're in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then the, the scene in the bar where he breaks and talks about his experience on his ship in Wolf 359. Then you piece together this man, not only is he, you know, not only is, is his personality very methodical, but now he's got a reason to care deeply and protect his crew. Now we understand yep. further why he reacted to Riker and Picard coming on his ship again and saying, okay, we're doing this. And he was like, fuck you are. You're not doing anything on my ship. This is mine. You know, so getting getting to that and then, yes, around to his death he died you know and seeing for the the final thing for me was seeing um him recommend seven of nine for command that was awesome and calling her seven of nine um you know i mean i could list off specifics like you know dialogue that i really appreciated and liked from him um you know uh but ultimately he became a very relatable human being to a lot of people, I mean, he, I, I loved him. 
I, I, he was a very good captain. Yes. He was a good captain. If you look at his leadership at ethos, he was a good captain. If he was a captain <clears throat> in the Navy, he would be the kind of guy you would want to serve under. He doesn't <clears throat> want to take on any, any unnecessary risks. It doesn't want to endanger his crew for no freaking reason whatsoever. And like, yeah, like you said, you know, how would you feel if some legend, legend, right? You know, who's essentially part We're of the tired. cause of the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine, yes. which killed a shit ton of the people that he loved off, now is on board your ship trying to dictate terms to you, and you're just trying to go about doing your damn job and keeping your crew safe. He was, mm. he was extremely good. If they had made a series of just the Titan, if they weren't going to do a legacy series and they were going to do Titan with Captain Shaw, would have gone gangbusters. I'd uh, watch the hell out I'd of it. I'd watch the hell out of it. Absolutely would. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not going to poo-poo your pick. I just, I, I you said surprise. I, I'm, I'm shell-shocked that you picked him in your top five Star Trek characters all time. That mm-hmm. this guy's That's in pretty top cool. Five. Yep. Just shell-shocked. Yep. He's, he's there. He's there one hundred percent for me. Vader has chosen to stay away. He oh, doesn't that's want good. to come in. That's good. So we've good, updated keep, our keep security. Him away. We yep. don't want him to come we've in. We've updated here. our security. He's an <clears throat> All right. Well, I'd like to say good pickle. I I don't agree with it, but I'm not gonna poo poo it. Agree to disagree <laughs> and we'll do the shot. How about this shot? All right. Cheers. Half for Will. Cheers. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yes, sir. God there it is. It. Woo! All right. They only got two more to worry. Wasn't that our third? I don't know. Pretty sure. Oh, All right. All right. Moving, Moving on. on. Number four. My number four will be Mr. William T. Riker. Don't hate it. Man, love don't him. hate it at all. Man crush on Riker. Love him. Like, he's the best. He would be my number one, number two all time to any captain. Yep. Even in any science fiction of movie of anything series why mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. the best number two guy and uh his character is just fantastic and what a, they did a good job with him just not being the number two guy but his relationship with deanna troy and mm-hmm. and his yep. relationship with the crew they, they put a personal spin on him with almost yes. each and every crew member yep and that he kind of did rise up and he was always a, a very confident type of person they didn't have like a Oh my God! You know, what are we gonna do, Picard? On this one, Aren't you, mm-hmm. what is your, you know, your wisdom? You know, he he kind of stood up and just yeah. said, you know what, you know, I, I'll take control if I need to. So, yeah, I turned down command multiple times, even yes. in the next generation, and never made admiral. Got out of the service and had his family. Never made admiral. Mm-hmm. That speaks a lot about a guy who came <clears throat> on initially as very career minded and very yeah, so that's, young that's, maybe motivated. that's the with uh, Deanna Troy that relationship that is, of, yeah. hey exactly. let's not do this that is that is a debatable fact though Mr. Martin there oh are, really there are a couple of books where he is um, labeled and promoted to Admiral um, and is moved off of the Titan I don't remember the, the, the book titles but there were a couple of the Titan series where really? he was referred to as Admiral Riker yep we're going to have to have a right, personal can... staff of uh, producers go back and take a look at that. And oh, yeah, they need to get on that right away. Stocks. Uh, producers, we need you to verify producers, these. Uh... Producers, hey. Um, yeah, there ain't nobody back there. <laughs> Apparently he was 29 years old on the first episode of um, Next Generation and was 35 on the final season. I believe it. I believe I it. Yeah. He was a soap opera star prior to the next generation too. That's six. Yeah, TNG yeah. had seven. Oh, that's what I'm. What read. He was twenty nine. <laughs> the first, the first episode, first season, twenty nine, thirty five. 
Maybe he would have been 36, but didn't hit 36 in that year, that calendar year yet. So he could have been 36. It's just the season ended before his birthday of that year. Know what I mean? No. Do the math, man. Come on. Just stick with me. Okay. Anyway, Riker, that's my boy. Uh, Mr. Barton, rolling to number three. Number three, big surprise, Captain Kirk. Cool. Captain yep. Kirk. Grew up watching TOS, you know, reruns as a kid. Um, the animated series as a kid and everything like that. And then, of course, grew up with the Star Trek movies. Yes. You know, seeing them in the theaters and everything like that. Um, he's kind of, when you think Star Trek, you know, you, know you, you think the big three. And he's the big one out of the big three. So I guess it's not surprising. He's not perfect. He's definitely got some flaws to him. And you see that character development, you know, later on in the movies when they talk about his relationship with Carol Marcus. And then, yes. You know, the loss of his son, David, and his relationship with Spock and Bones and how that matures. And, you know, I, I I like the guy as a, as a character. And, and I think, you know, William Shatner channeling Kirk initially, being the first guy to be Kirk. Yes. You know, every actor that's taken over for Kirk since, you know, like he, with, with, the, with the reimagined movies. And then now with Paul Wesley playing Kirk um, he in, did in Strange New Worlds. Paul did a pretty damn good job. Uh, I think they both I think they both did excellent jobs, but if you listen to the fandom, anybody who falls into that role, they're like, ah, you know, these guys suck. You're not William Shatner. Well, no, of course you're not William Shatner. You can't follow William Shatner. You have to take that character and then try to make it your own. Right. And for a character that has that gravitas like Kirk does, that's that's a near impossible thing to do. Yeah. You know? That's right up there with the people who are like for Strange New Worlds, hey, let's redesign the Starship Enterprise. You're like, what? How? You know? Well, it never goes well. Yeah. Ever. No, never. And, and people always complain. People always complain. Um, so Captain Kirk, because he was, you know, he was he was the guy. You know, good pick. Don't hate it. So my number three is going to go to, um, and I'm waiting for the evil glare that I'm going to get from Lee on this one because it's <laughs> number three on my list. Captain John Luke Picard. Okay. Don't hate it at all. You chose Captain Jean-Luc Picard, the mainstay of the entire franchise, to be your number three, you piece of garbage. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. The man's entitled to his opinion. I stood up for you, buddy. Somebody I told him to, to beat feet. Inhaler. I told him to get out of here. I don't understand why he's so <laughs> bad at that. Okay. Yes, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I feel like that doesn't need too much of an explanation. Picard no. is awesome. Um... Adore his character. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing the... And I talk a lot about character progression, but it is very important to me. Seeing his progression go from a relatively, you know, standoffish, almost stuck-up personality in the first, like, one, two seasons or so, where he kind mm-hmm. of comes down a couple of pegs, doesn't, you know, still takes the role and still takes himself seriously, but he brings himself down to a level that is more relatable. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, and then furthering when he is assimilated by the Borg, seeing how much of a an impact that had on the character after that, and that is mm-hmm. one thing that I am grateful that they did. And while it wasn't such a a thing back then, the concept of a serialized storytelling, um, that is the one thing that I'm insanely grateful that mm-hmm. wasn't a one and done. Like they, after the writing from you know best of both worlds. They assimilated Picard. They knew that this was going to have to come up again. This was not something that, you know, like, 
you know, day to day learning how to dance. And that was one and done. You know, this was, this was not something that they could just do a one and done with. It had to progress. It had to continue. And it was going to make Picard who he was moving forward. True. Yeah. So true. I'm insanely grateful that they didn't let that go. I mean, I don't hate it. You, you would think Picard's got to be in a top five. Absolutely, he does. Be in a top five. So I, I don't, I don't absolutely hate that. Yep. Vader didn't like it much. I mean, I think you pissed that guy off. Hi, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> For those podcasters listening, my wife is letting the dog in and out, so she's walking behind. Me. <laughs> my wife. We'll move to a video at some point, so y'all can see our ugly mugs. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough day for everybody else. Oh, God, those poor children. Those have poor, such... poor people. They have these mental pictures of what we all look like, and I feel like we'd be letting them down. You know? <laughs> I think yeah. we all do when you hear podcast or radio, and then you see, mm-hmm. then you like Google the the show, like uh, Baltimore's ninety eight Rock Morning Show. I had this vision in my mind of what it, the three of them look like, yes. and I looked down and went, yep. "What the fuck?" You yep. know, odd. Sound like you're all cool at first, and then they see you in person, and you're like, "Oh my god, the guy looks like Bobcat Goldthwait!" Like, ah, <laughs> ah, welcome to Sucking Five. <laughs> yep. Bobcat. All right, Lee. Uh, my number three is going to be Bones. Nice, nice. Doctor McCoy, nice. I love nice. him. Yep. Such, so, nice. so great. Such a great old school type character. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, Will, you picked him. You, you, you know, you kind of, you kind of beat that one to death. And I don't have much more to say other than I, I agree a hundred percent with everything that you said. Um, just my type of, my type of guy. If I walk into a yeah. bar, if I walk into a Starfleet bar, right, and we're looking at all these <laughs> yeah. people, and you hear every single person talk, and you're like, all right, who am I going to hang out with tonight? You hear somebody yeah. talk here, somebody, and then, and then I listen to this guy. I'm like, that's my guy right there. Yeah, I need to fucking hang out with this no. fucking guy. He's he's going to be amazing. Uh, so absolutely, <laughs> man. He's loved him through through all the movies. Uh, God, he's, he's so good. So, so mm. excellent. Mm-hmm. What a great character. Good picks. Mr. Barton, you're number two. My God, we're down to two. Oh, man. My number two is like the only relatively new-ish. Well, not, he's not a new character, but a new portrayal of a character. Um, I guess that's just how the chips fall. Captain Christopher Pike. Bastard. As portrayed by Anson Mount. Yeah. Um, so when you t- when you talk about a character who has some serious ethical chops, we're seeing Christopher Fike in, in Strange New Worlds fleshed out. We saw him in season two of Discovery. He came, he came on board the uh, Discovery and was a temporary captain after Gabriel Lorca was offed, you know, in that in that season um, and quickly became a fan favorite. Yes. Um, you know, we saw the Enterprise on screen for about, I don't know, two, three minutes. We saw Pike for an entire season. And Anson Mount as Captain Pike is the reason we have Strange New Worlds yes. right now. Yes. So kudos to you, Mr. Mount. Thank you for revitalizing Star Trek yet again. Yes. Um, but we're seeing a very human captain in Pike. He doesn't have the same arrogance as Kirk did because he's not as young as Kirk. He's on his second five-year mission on board Enterprise. So he's been doing this for a minute or two. And we're also seeing a captain that knows exactly what is going to happen to him in the future. He knows he's going to be on that Class J starship. He's going to get those radiation burns. He's going to end up in that chair. And we actually saw an episode, the final episode of season one, where he had the opportunity to change his his course Mm -hmm. and change the future. um, Which would have led to this long, protracted war with the Romulan Star Empire. Yes. And he chose not to. 
Like this is a guy who knows terrible things are going to happen to him and is still a functional human being. Mm. And, and not just functioning barely, but like really succeeding in leading his people. Yes. I mean, that's incredible. And I really don't think anybody but Anson Mount could have played that character. I, I've been a fan of Anson Mount since like Hell on Wheels. I love Loved Hell on him Wheels. Uh, as Cullen Bohannon, just a great character. And for those have of you who've never seen Hell on Wheels, you need to see Hell I on Wheels. I don't recall maybe in a drunken stupor, but what was Hell it? Oh, man. It's a, it's a Western, and it's a really think Think like Western. if the outlaw Josie Wales was made into a TV <clears throat> series. Yes. I don't not see that or know that that's a thing. Because I love Westerns. I'm a Western guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Colomini is also in it. Yep, Colomini. Right. Yeah, he's that's in it as well. Down. He plays Hell one of the major antagonists. On wheels. On the show. It's on, um, you probably could find it on Prime. I think Western. it's on. Yeah. Box set on Amazon is like 50 bucks, I think, or something Well, oh, there like you go. That. Just drunken. You might as well just buy it because you're going to fall in love with yeah, it. I'm going to watch but, it right after the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch that together. <laughs> Plus, the theme music is just <laughs> chef's kiss. And there's a part of me like, I, I want to see, I'm really, so I'm torn because, you know, the, the, the Star Trek fandom is like screaming at each other about this is an alternate timeline or this is prime timeline. Oh, yeah. And I kind of, there's a part of me that really wants it to be an alternate timeline because I don't want to see Pike go out like yeah, that. Yes, yes, yep. You know, I want to see, I still want to see him turn over command of the Enterprise and Kirk get the ship and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that and would be And there's a awesome. lot of talk about the, a possible remake of the original series, like, yes, going on right now. a huge amount of conversation about that. I'm kind of surprised. So if that happens, great. But I don't want to see Pike in that chair. I really want to see if this is an alternate timeline. Let's make that little shift. And and maybe instead of, you know, Kirk reporting directly to Admiral Nagura, he's reporting directly to Commodore Pike. I would yeah. love that. That yep. would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Captain Chris Pike for my number two. That's a good it was pick. a very That's close a really number one, pick. number two. Very good pick. <sighs> Mr. Kaplan, we're scared to ask you yours, so go ahead and give it to us anyway. Why are we scared to ask anyway. mine? What, what the hell is the matter with my number two? <laughs> go ahead, sir. Get your filthy paws off of Vader. Yeah, it was reaching. I'm going to just hold him because I don't want him to come in. I'm just going to hold him back. My I'm number two you. goes to Captain Benjamin Sisko. Oh, my God. If that Vader goes off, I, I swear I'm, to God. It's tough right now. He, he's put he's him trying down. to push, push in there. He, you hear him, him in the back? Down. I mean, I'm trying to put push him away. Him Get down. out of here, you son of a bitch. <sighs> Captain Benjamin Sisko. <laughs> DS9. I saw that coming. DS9. Uh, it's Benjamin Sisko. It's, he, mean, actually, he actually rated very high yes. in the top 10 he, yes. greatest Rightfully Star Trek so. characters. And I, when I was looking at three different lists and he was in the top 10, I'm going, why? Why, people? I don't understand it. I feel like you have. this is another character you have to convince me. But I, maybe I have to watch Just more than three episodes the show. of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Deep Space Nine, it's hard to articulate how much of a badass Ben Sisko I mean, I yes. have watched it, and it's yeah. the most boring shit of Star Trek I've ever seen have in my you've life. You've watched so three awful. episodes. Four, maybe. You are falling into the trope of it's not a spaceship and nothing cool is going to happen, but if you haven't gotten to the Defiant yet, trust me, cool shit happened. Deep Space Nine is like the OG, straight-up Star Trek war series. Yes. If you want to shoot them up, shoot them up. Deep Space uh, Nine is where you want to Maybe, dare I, I, dare I, I say... that during my well, knee you know surgery, what? but I'm going well, to do battles. Well, perhaps stuff. we should do this. <laughs> I think you and I have a homework assignment. Let's give Lee one or two, maybe three episodes to watch throughout the first three or four seasons. That are awesome. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then he has to watch, in order, 
season five to seven. I'm all in. Because season five is yeah. when it really yes. takes off. Yes. I'm all in. Just okay. give me something other so than that big will and I guy will give, getting into trouble let's do, and then the let's captain, do, yeah, well, you're okay. Let's do five episodes a season that he needs to watch up to season five. And then season five, he has to watch five to seven, period. Is that an agreement? Do we have an accord? I will have four days. I will uh, binge Battlestar, new Battlestar. That'll go fast. And then I will do DS9 from season five. Oh, it's not going to go fast, up. dude. D- Battlestar, Battlestar is going to wreck you emotionally, fast. dude. Yes. You are going to be a I'm freaking good. weeping, gelatinous mess. Good. Well, hopefully After I'll, be on, some, season, I'll dude. be on some good painkillers that'll help me along the way. Oh, so, oh this is man. the greatest thing I've ever seen. God. Yeah, you're going to be like sup sup and you're like, kids are like, I got a message, Will, real quick. Hey, we're gonna, Will. We're going to get midnight calls now. Midnight, <laughs> oh, totally know, distraught right? calls. <laughs> yeah. Or for you, 11 o'clock. What happened to Bill and Java? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, well, hopefully that'll be the case. I mean, I, I want to be passionate. I want to enjoy what I'm watching. Your number two? My number two. Data. Okay, I dig it. You know I, what? I, I dig it. I, I dig love it. Data because he was uh, Picard's mm. uh, Spock, so to speak. His character as not being human, um, always striving to be human, had that, all, that whole background going in every episode. That was a whole mm-hmm. thing for him. And uh, his his involvement with every episode. I mean, man, they they had whole episodes devoted to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, uh, they really did. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain how I differentiate him from being just a nominal type character to being one of the top. I would say I would dare say top three characters in Next Generation. Well, he is that in your number two. That I'm. That's what I'm saying. That I would look at and say, this guy, this character is very important, and I think without that character in Next Generation, it's gonna it's gonna lack something. What was the episode he, where it was one of my favorite Data episodes? Um, it was during the the when we met. Um, uh, God, what was the Romulan that uh, Denise Crosby played? Um, Yes, we Very met good. her, and the Enterprise was part of a fleet of ships blockading the Romulan neutral zone, and they initiated that net to detect cloaked ships. And Data was commanding a starship, and had the the first officer that was like, oh yeah, he was commanding uh, the Sutherland. The Sutherland, yes, she was a yeah. Nebula class starship. Yes, yes, yeah, good yes. Will. So uh, my my geek card is like always on charge. Full on, always on full charge. Um, <laughs> But that was one of my favorite Data episodes because we got uh-huh. to see him take command of a ship. But he had to convince Picard in a way to let him take command. Because uh-huh. it was like, you know, Picard issued, you know, okay, you're taking this ship, you're taking this ship, you're taking this ship. And Data was like, well, what about me? I'm capable of commanding a starship. And you've, you know, listed off everybody else. What about me? And Picard, you can tell he ponders like, it because he knows what sort of a situation really he's not, going to okay. run into. Yeah. So he gives him command of the Sutherland, and the the first officer on that ship is just a dick. But you see Data really yep. step into that that leader role, and you're like, okay, okay. And I, and I think I Data, you know, always wanting to be human, and then with the Borg, with the Borg assimilation, and and giving him that that opportunity to feel uh, yep. the emotion and pain. The, the first thing he never and then he feels the she the board queen blows across his hairs and he feels that 
the feeling, like a, a human emotion, like a, the feeling he gets when she blows across the hairs on his arm, and he goes, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. I would almost call that some arousal. That's pretty amazing stuff going on there. I could have gone down a darker road that I, I mean, would have appreciated. I mean, he is fully functional, according to In a porn Art. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Board Queen and Data. It was, sold, it was sold for me with him, man, with, with like, the measure of man, the measure of a man, yes. season two, episode nine, where the whole question of Data as a sentient being was sort of brought up, and there was this essentially a, a special courts martial to determine whether or not data could be disassembled and, and sort of, you know, studied, stu- yeah, studied basically. By, um, right. by, by, oh God, what was the character's name? Cause he popped up again in, in, um, oh, Picard God. season one, um, Bruce, um, Bruce Maddox. Yeah. Yep. And just, it, it was a really powerful episode because you not only saw that, but you saw captain Picard and his legal beagle chops and, and just what an incredible orator he was mm-hmm. speaking to data's, humanity yes um and that's when i think that the whole data thing started to really kind of coalesce with him being brought in a lot more and then you know we're hearing more about the dr sung story and then they gave him spot yes cat, absolutely you know he was such a pa- i mean he was he was a very he was a powerful character on that series yeah, and definitely, in the movies definitely. for sure but just yeah. i, I want to say maybe i would say data was slightly underrated if you look at the yeah. top five yeah, characters in that. TNG, I would say he's slightly underrated, but I definitely have him, <laughs> I mean, call it what you will, he is my number two favorite Star Trek character all time, and I'll die on that hill, as I've heard Will say. Good hill to die on. Mr. William Barton, we are at our number one. Man. So, yeah. Your number boom, one. Boom, goes the dynamite. Captain Jean-Luc Picard for me. Very good. Great I don't have any any you know any qualms about that whatsoever. He was the captain of the Star Trek that I grew up with. I am I'm a product of the '80s. Star Trek: The Next Generation was my generation's yeah. Star Trek. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and it's yeah. Already been talked about, you know the the kind of captain that he started out as, and then there was a lot of talk initially when he was being cast, when Patrick Stewart was being cast uh, as Captain Picard, you know, because he's bald and because he's you know got the very very you know, articulate British accent and everything like that, that, you know, fans were not going to recognize this guy as, you know, the quintessential captain of a starship because he doesn't look like Kirk or anything like that. They even tried to put him in a toupee when yes, he was being yes, cast. Yes, early on. Oh, you my know? God. Yeah, very yeah, early on. Yeah, it was on. really... And, and look up um, uh, Patrick Stewart... Um, uh, Patrick Stewart toupee. Test, screen yeah. test or, or toupee. And there's, there's several pictures in there. I was sold on Captain Picard during the first half of Encounter at Farpoint when they called Red Alert and he's like, shut off that damn noise. Yes. And I was like, oh, shit, this dude's legit, you know? Yes. <laughs> After that, it was like, okay, this Did- we're not just talking about, you know, some, some hoity-toity British guy. And then we even saw more about what he was like. We found out that he had been command of a ship, of a ship for 20 years prior to his command of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Stargazer, which we which we saw in the, the episode The Battle, he'd actually been in command of Stargazer for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Damn. You know, and so this is not a, a, a rookie-ass captain. This right. is an experienced commanding officer. Also one who's obviously very dedicated to his people because he stayed on the same rattletrap ship for 20 years. <laughs> well, course, I mean, you, you, know? you don't get captain of, you know, uh, the captaincy of the Federation flagship with yeah. five years under your belt or whatever, you you have to yeah, have exactly. some experience there. Um, 
uh, I, I think you would think you'd have to be the best of the best. You're on the flagship for Christ's sakes. You you have to yeah. be well, number one. What's what's always really interesting to me, and and for a while when I was younger, um, when I would hear them refer to the Enterprise as the flagship, for a while I never made the connection, as dumb as this is going to sound, that there were more than one galaxy class starship or more than one whatever the class of the Enterprise was at the time. There was more than one class of that ship out there serving Starfleet. So mm-hmm. when they referred to the Enterprise D as the galaxy class starship, the flagship of the Federation, it's like, well, okay, shouldn't the flagship be like, you know, not your run of the mill, you know, whatever starship universe that class the other fleet starship. or that the other, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are other ships of this class in the fleet. And then it's like, well, no modern Navy, this makes some sense. I mean, you'd have a flagship that was, you know, just a cruiser or a flagship that was just this or whatever. Yeah. And it was about who was on board that ship and what it stood for, yeah. what it meant, blah, blah, blah. What the name's history was and yes. everything like that. Like, I mean, it's usually going to be point. like an original, like the original ship built in this yeah. class is going to be the flagship of what we move forward in. But, I mean, just an incredible commanding officer. Um, we saw so much growth. We saw so much, you know, pain and everything like that. You know, the loss of his nephew. Um, yes. You know, and his brother Robert. Um, and then in season one of Picard, when we thought he had died. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about an emotional moment for anybody that grew up in the next generation. When you see an icon, somebody that, you know, you deeply respect. And Patrick Stewart is a deeply respectable person to begin with. If you ever want to see anything that's just incredible to watch, watch any interaction with him and Sir Ian McKellen together. Oh, my God, yeah. Those two are an absolute cut-up. Have you so read his book yet? Who, yes, it's, it's, it's great, you know? Absolutely fantastic read. I think the yep. more that you learn about um, Patrick Stewart as a person, mm-hmm. as an actor, that you become enamored with. Mm-hmm. You love the yeah. character even more now. Oh, what like, oh my God, this, you know, he's, now that I understand more about him personally, I love that character even more. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So I, it's a great pick, man. That's good, a good number one. Good pick, solid, <laughs> solid. Mr. Ka- Mr. Kaplan, your number one, sir. Well, my number one um, has already been mentioned. Will, I'll forgive you. <laughs> Captain Christopher Pike. It's a good pick. Um, Looking at him right which now. Which we are currently... Uh, watching star trek strange new worlds um but captain pike i mean from the jump um and i i mentioned him extensively in the the well he was my number one captain um was captain christopher pike in that episode um so i'd be remiss if i didn't include him as my number one this round um but he will like you said he's he's a more human captain um by his actions by his his leadership um dynamic overall with his crew he's he's much more um i I don't want to say laid back because he's he's laid back but he's also you know when shit's hitting the fan he's not afraid to be like okay this is what we're doing period end of story um but he's also willing to listen to suggestion take recommendation um and openly um and i think there were two I know I mentioned the one in the captain's episode, but there were two really excellent examples for me of what kind of captain um, Pike was. Uh, and the first one was seeing Pike. Um, and it all came from um, brother, the first episode of season two of discovery. Um, when Pike first steps on board the bridge and he's going over what's going on, what's happening, why he's taking command of the discovery. And yep. he 
asks everybody to give the name rank doesn't matter i just want to know who i'm facing this with and then fast forward you know they the the discovery beautiful scene we got a discovery was a hit or miss in a lot of cases season two was really good um season two was very good but yes. the visuals was phenomenal and watching the discovery you know come out of warp right in front of this massive asteroid field and seeing just that, uh, I love the Discovery. I love the ship herself. Uh, I, I will make no apologies about that. Anyway, but when he, they figure out that there's a medical ship on, on the asteroid that they're close to, and they're, Michael Burnham and, and Saru are making the comments of why they can't get to it, why this, why that, and this is this, and this is that. And Pike says, look, I don't mind descending opinions. I really don't, but they have to come with solutions. Like, okay, so he's not afraid to hear somebody say, hey, I don't agree with that, but here's this. As long as you have the, but here's this, he's good. And that, for me, spoke volumes about the type of captain he is, the type of person he is. Um, So he's my number one all day long. I don't hate it. I love it. I don't hate that. That's Love a good it. pick. Number one, good Mr. Pick. Ferguson. Uh, my number one is going to be the same as Will. It's going to be Jean-Luc Picard. It's, okay. Uh, and again, I think me and Will grew up in a very similar age bracket mm-hmm. um, where we watch shows in the same type of decade. Mm. Next Generation was, I mean, it was the end-all, be-all for a kid like me that watched uh, TOS, you mm-hmm. know, on mm-hmm. fucking... I guess it was black and white for a little bit before we got color with the goddamn vice grips on the channel selector with the rabbit ears that I've extended all over the place. And I mean, that really is, that's the deal. You know, a remote control in my house is my dad saying, go push 45. Go push <laughs> you 54. were the remote control. Yeah. Yeah. Go push yeah. it. You, and you were lucky enough to get a TV where it became push button instead of turn dial. Then, then you're a high roller, right? But uh, yeah, so I mean, we had... The original series, Star Trek, which was great. Great. You know, your love of science fiction kind of rooted in, in series like that. And then, God, man, you, there was just such a long... There was such a long pause. Uh, there was no content at all for, for Star Trek. And then... Mm. Was it the 90s? When did Star uh, Next Generation come out? Uh, 80s, nine, 84? 85? Was it mid-80s? I thought it was I like late it was 80s, like, yeah. early 90s or something. No, it was, no, uh, it was uh, 1987. Okay, 87. Okay, so, so I think late, 90s, late 80s. So in 87, I'm no. 17 years old. It came out. I still kind of spend some time at home with the folks. Not a lot, but I was there enough to say, oh, this is coming on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely have to watch this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up watching that series. And, man, John luc Picard, I, I don't know a stronger... I don't know a stronger character in, in Star Trek... Uh, universe than Jean-Luc Picard when we did our captain's episode this would be my this was my number one captain I want to serve with yes like he if we pick a captain this is my guy uh and same as Will I mean I think we we kind of we mirror that Uh, a very strong overwhelming type of confidence yeah and dare I say arrogance because that guy he had that stubborn arrogance where he would not relent and that comes from that comes from how he grew up and the things that happened to him leading up to, yep. you know, the final season and the movies. Mm. And uh, I just respect it all, and I absolutely adore his character. As much as we were kind of hating on Picard 
season one and it kind of like drolled into season two like okay let's pick up some steam then season three was like okay okay we're now we're getting somewhere we're kind of getting somewhere now i loved all the back stories of his place in uh his place in france mm -hmm. his vineyard yep. i mean i loved all of the backstory of uh where he grew up his they showed you his mother that that awful scene <sighs> in that that greenhouse thing but the, I love the backstory. They put so much into Picard's character. Like, they built it up so big. How could you not the love only, that guy? The only reason that I don't like the backstory, okay, it was never... Because you hate the French? No. You hate the French, motherfucker. I anyway. don't hate the French. Okay, I just wish any they way... don't like them disrespecting 50,000 the... Americans buried oh on your God. soil. Okay, okay, okay. Can we not... And we talking not... sci-fi drops off the European Channel, sir. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> but, anyway. you know, to our French uh, listeners... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they did not... The, the backstory that they put into Picard's character was never, ever referenced at all in any point in the next generation did they ever suggest that he but, had a hold but why, on but why would they have to they, is what i would because what I would say why would they it, have to it, did they ever suggest what that he had a vineyard no no no, no, not no that, the vineyard. They, that they put the backstory the, the, into his character the in home TNG. life i right? think during the movies that's when you get deeply rooted into no no no, 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 no. i'm you not know? i'm not worried about I'm not worried about that. What I'm saying is that they they attempted to make, um, a, a, they they created a picture of Picard's home life that indicated that he had an abusive father. His mother was was mentally unhealthy. Um, you know, had, oh, you're talking about in Picard when they yes, read, when they yes, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. so that no, it wasn't season three. It was season two. Was it two? Okay, it was two. two. Um, that. They, they implanted all these things on a character that none of that was ever mentioned or referenced or, or anything like that. And I do feel like it's valid. Because, in TNG. Yes. But I'm saying, why would they have to on because, a TV series? They don't want to go that deep into these characters' lives all the way back they, when they were kids. But they did go deep into the characters but, in certain episodes. I wonder sometimes, a lot of that is just, I don't know the desire to try to flesh out a character even more. And I don't, I don't think you even had to go that far into it. I don't think there was a need to give him an yes. abusive home life. Yes. I mean, you could have made things tense between him and his father because he didn't want to take over the vineyard, you know, or he just, you know, he was a rambling soul or something like that. And his old man was a little strict or something. Like right. That. It could have just been something as simple as that. But I mean, I think, I think the personal demons for Picard were spelled out much more effectively when they talk about him losing the stargazer and mm -hmm. losing a lot of his friends, losing Jack Crusher as a younger person. Yes. Uh, and then his assimilation by the Borg, those two instances by themselves would be enough to give trauma to anybody. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but, but I understand the concern, you know, with, with Picard. I mean, it's, it's a different, it's a different mindset behind the series and whatnot. And I mean, I think, I think Lee and I are on the same page because he was, he was not the pretty boy captain. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He was a bald, skinny guy with a big nose. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he just was, happened to he be... He was an imposing French figure. captain that had a yeah, accent. Yeah, you know? Yes. That English accent, he was very well-read. He was a nerd. He was an archaeologist by trade. Mm -hmm. 
You know, French listeners, by the way, I picked a French captain as my number one beloved Star Trek mm. character all the time. Mm. Do you think that helps you now? You think that helps you now? This doesn't help you now. We're too late down that rabbit hole. We're going to jump onto our analytics at the end of the night, and we're not going to have France on there anymore. Anyway. I get it, though. I mean, because, like, for Lee and I, he was our captain of the Enterprise. And you, and you, Ian, I mean... The only other captain of the Enterprise, if you've seen aside from from Pike, is Archer. Archer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, yeah and, it's and funny Archer you say being... that, Will. When I we're watching something right now, and when I look at Pike <laughs> on the TV screen, I can mm-hmm. see how that resonates with Ian. I see it mm-hmm. because of the age and and the age of uh, mm-hmm. the nuance and the newness of this. And that's the same as when we were watching TNG. We're we're kind of like, wow, let's. He is a tiny. He's a tiny guy, right? The, mm-hmm. He's not imposing, but he just commands such authority and respect. Oh, and you mean Pike? Pike? I think he's what six foot two. He's about as tall. No, no, as no I'm talking about Picard. Picard. Picard on, oh, Picard. Picard on the bridge. He's not a huge guy. He, no, yeah. no. He, but, but, but something about him just commands all this respect and this authority and. And you, you just instantly want to fall in love with I this mean, guy and be like, hey, that's my I, guy. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die on that hill, as you say, with this guy. I, I ride wanna, or die with Picard. Boy. I don't want to, you know, give give the wrong impression. I, I like Captain Picard. I really do. But the, the, the resonating, you said it, the resonating captain with me is, is mm-hmm. Pike. I love Picard. I think Picard is a phenomenal captain. Well, you just said that you like him, but now you say that you love him. So now you're contradicting yourself. Which one do you? Do you Will like you him or do you love him? Shut up and just let me talk once. Which one do you like him? Oh, my God. You know what? We're 53 minutes in. I think we're going to take our break. I think we're going to let Do you like him or do you love him, Ian Kaplan? Thank you for putting up with us sci-fi, talking sci-fi fans. Or as we like to refer to ourselves now, uh, the Oscar Madison and Felix, or Felix Andre and Oscar Madison show. Here we uh, go. Here we go. All right, we're going into a break time. So we are going to take a quick break. Uh, We will be back after these non-existent messages. Saddle again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Aerosmith, for Sci-fi that verse. awesome intro to our break. Um, all right, yeah, we are back. We are going to do some honorable mentions. Some would be an understatement. Okay, I know a you lot two of honorable have mentions. a hundred of them. I have. I, I limited. I, I have limited about myself. fifteen. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to start off with Will Barton. Can okay. Start us off with the number one. Mr. Sounds Will good. Barton. My First honorable mention, I would be um, just remiss. Uh, yeah, well, I would be remiss if I did not mention my fellow enlisted brother, Chief Miles O'Brien. Yes. Yeah, good one. So, Star Trek is notorious for having officer centric, you know, storytelling, and very, very few times do you see the enlisted or the lower deckers. Mm-hmm. We finally now just have a lower deck series, which is great. You know, hilarious series for those of you who haven't seen it. But 
I love Chief Miles O'Brien because he's the everyman. Yes. You know, he's just that guy. I'm coming to do my job. I'm really, really good at what I do. He's not about accolades or, or anything like that. He's just, you know, there to do his job, and he really does it well. He finally became a major character on Star Trek Deep Space Nine after being so well-received in Next Generation. Mm -hmm. We saw, you know, his relationship with Keiko, and then, you know, them bringing up their daughter, and, and he's just that guy who joined Starfleet to try to do a little bit better mm -hmm. for himself, try to do a little bit better for the world, became a really good tech, um, and was one of the few enlisted people that we saw highlighted in any incarnation yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah, good pick. Agreed. So. Mr. Kaplan. Um, my first one, and it's um, quite ironic that we uh, we discuss this as far as um, my age range and which captains of the Enterprise that I uh, I recall um, and actually more or less grew up with, but it's going to go to Captain Jonathan Archer. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, everybody, I feel like, loved to hate Enterprise when it first came out. Um, now mm. it's kind of... Uh, in in much of the same way that Deep Space Nine did, now it's kind of gotten its dues to to Trek fans, and there's a, a respect for Enterprise now, um, mm. so much so to where there's you know suddenly this fairly dramatic push to you know bring it back in some way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, I, I'm gonna go Captain Archer. Um, God, what is his name? He did that TV series, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Yeah. Quantum Leap. Scott Bakula. Scott, Scott Bakula. Yep. yep. Very good. Um, so. Uh, Archer for me was was my my foot my foot. Oh jeez, a uh, dog was down here. Um, so Captain Archer for me, I mean he, um, first of all, first captain of Earth's you know first warp capable serious warp capable ship warp five you know barrier. Was hey, we a have a deal. lot of honorable mentions here. Um, Let's not go too deep into your. I'm fucking, not okay? going too fucking deep. Here. I'm just giving a general Scott explanation. Okay. Sounds like a Vulcan. Uh, well, now that you saved way, mean you took so much freaking time, you know, I might as well just stop talking. So, yes, uh, Captain Jonathan Archer is all Moving on. <clears throat> fucking dick. My first honorable mention, I'm going to go with the original James T. Kirk, because I did prequel Kirk as my number five. Okay, great. Will? Okay, Will, we we'll shoot him out. All right, fair. Oh, we're going to shoot him out? We're not even going to talk about him? No, I mean, we're, we we're going right. to talk. We're going to talk. I can't, how much can you talk about James T. Kirk, the original? It's, all right, fair it's enough, fair amazing. enough. Um, definitely, you know, Spock. Spock is... He didn't make it into my top five, which, again, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, Leonard Nimoy, um, Zachary Quinto, and, and now Ethan Peck. Yeah. Um, to channel that kind of you know gravitas into, into a character as an actor is very, very hard to do. And Spock is one of the ones that you know just really always hits home. He's sort of the logical, moral compass of the whole group. Um, and you wouldn't have Star Trek without Spock. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, I always laugh at that because I think the Big Bang Theory where Sheldon ordered that standee of Spock oh, and yes. Leonard Nimoy, he gets Zachary Quinto. He's like, live long and suck it, Zachary Quinto. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next uh, honorable mention is going to go to Commander Una Chin Riley, a.k.a. number one from Strange New Worlds. Um, another mm. great example of a character we really saw nothing of um, except for the first episode, um, the pilot in... Uh, Star Trek, um, awesome character, awesome little twist to her character, um, but she is uh, she's my next honorable mention. Good one. My next one's going to be Captain Christopher Pike. Probably should have moved him up a little bit further, but uh, I mean, as solid five for me, I'm not going to change that solid five. But uh, Christopher Pike for me would be 
my number two honorable mention. Okay. Mr. Barton. Captain Ben Sisko. The OG heavy hitter, man. Yep. Out yeah. of all the captains, if shit was going, I love all my captains, but if some serious shit was going to go down, Cisco would be the first one that I would want to serve under because that yes. dude is no joke. And Avery Brooks could not have played that character any better than Nailed what he did. the character. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I couldn't next... get Cisco kid to come up fast enough to what you were Bastard. talking about. So my it. next one is uh, uh, has already been mentioned in my. Uh, comrade to the right, uh, his top five, Commander William Riker. Doesn't need much more explanation than that, but Commander William Riker. He's amazing. I love Will Riker. I love him. He's on my honorable mentions list, too, so I'm just not even going to mention him now. He's in, there. He's in there. Will Riker. He's awesome. Jonathan Frakes, we love you, man. Yep, we do. Uh, Lee? My next one's going to be uh, General Chang. <laughs> From uh, Undiscovered Country. Ooh, okay. You know, I, I was going to pull it out. I just freaking love that guy so much. Yeah. I know he's bad, and he's got his little quotes. He was on my list. And I couldn't, wish he... It couldn't have been anybody but Christopher Plummer, man. Nobody could have played that. Oh, a great agreed. job. Just look yeah. at him. I mean, he looks like a damn Shakespearean <laughs> actor. But yeah. Well, he was. He there he was. There you go, and it, 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 it shows. I just wish he had a bigger, like a little bit more of an extended part, but uh, that's my honorable mention. Cool. No shame. Will Barton. Man, following up with another smooth-ass Klingon played by a dude named Christopher. Commander Krug played by Christopher yes. Lloyd. Yes. Up until that Lloyd, point, yes. the Klingons in TOS and even in the motion picture were sort of like animalistic and goofy and overly... Rah, rah, rah. Christopher Lloyd was smooth, man. He yes. played the first smooth-ass, like, I'll cut you and you'll love me when I do it type of Klingon. Very diplomatic yes. type. Oh, yeah. With the, with the seat in his eyes. Yeah. There are five more hostages on the planet, Captain. You want them killed, too? Oh, nice. Like, holy shit, dude, you know? And, I mean, the book highlights a little bit more of his character, but damn, dude, if you look at Christopher Lloyd, the last person you expect him to play is that kind of character. Is a Klingon, and yeah. he killed it. You, you know? will do some Back to the Future for us later on when the oh show ends. Oh, my God. Because that was uh, spot on for him. Uh, Who I am is not important. <laughs> I have them is... Jesus. I love it. That's great. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go uh, seven of nine. Excellent. Nice, um, nice she, I mean, so watching her from smoking, Voyager, smoking hot. God, smoking. Watching him, watching her from Voyager, um, you know, into Picard, um, and then finally uh, taking command of the Enterprise um, was just a, a hell of a testament to how far her character has come and how far she. Um, has has grown into understanding who she really is and what she's capable of. So seven of nine. Good pick. That was going to be my next one. Ha! Huh, suck it. Uh, this one is going to be Jordy LaForge. Jordy. Okay. I loved his character. I loved that he took the mantle up as a engineer and freaking guy could almost figure out anything that happens. You know, Jordy's the new. She, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. Jordy's badass mm-hmm. man. Love Jordy LaForge. Mm-hmm. Nice, Mr. Nice. Will Barton. Um, Nyota Uhura. Yes. Oh, yeah. So Uhura was the first legit crush that I can remember having as a young person. Nice. Like, Nichelle Nichols is like the gold standard. Beautiful now seeing, Oh, stunning woman. Stunning woman. Yeah. And an incredible actress. Um, and then seeing, seeing uh, Celia Rose Gooding as Uhura yes. now in Strange New Worlds. It's so nice to see these characters 
you know, really given the due that they deserve. But Uhura was one of the ones that just was a legit badass female character mm-hmm. from the jump. Yep. She didn't play second fiddle. She was much more than the communications officer. Mm-hmm. She was as valid a part of Star Trek as a triumphant. So yep. definitely Nyota Uhura. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, my next one is Captain Catherine Janeway. Mm. I mean, you, you can't not mention the woman who wrote the book on the board. She's irritating. Her voice is irritating. <laughs> she does sound a little like um, Catherine Hepburn, is it, isn't it? I, I, I mean, I grew up watching, like, you know, like, the African Queen and a lot of the, you know, the Catherine Hepburn. Me, like, you know, it's your turn, Mr. Udall, you know. Yes. You just get used to, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I like Forward laser arrays and put a shield around the end of the... Oh, God, shut up. Let's not just talk about how she just murdered the living shit out of Tuvix, too, you know. Oh. Oh, that's such a controversial episode. Why would you bring this up? We could do a whole episode. Holy that. mother of God. But that's Star Trek for you. Taking something that is like so morally ambiguous and just shoving it in your face like Yes. Because there are people that are still divided about that whole thing. Oh, like, 100%. Oh, they, she had to do it to save, you know, Tuvok and Neelix. Or, oh, no, Tuvix should have been left to, you know, whatever. Uh, he's dead. Be weird. Fuck him. Yeah. Yes, Catherine Janeway. Uh, <laughs> Leroy? I mean, there's so many of them, man. Uh, and they're all, I don't think there's any particular, I'm just going to say these, um, uh, Ohora prequel, the prequel Ohora. I'm down with the, I'm down with the TOS because she was stunningly beautiful, but (laughs) Ohora in the prequel, I thought the character was much more, you knew more about her. They put more out there about her, uh, like she had a little bit more backstory, and um, the whole her and Spock thing was pretty awesome. I kind of enjoyed mm. that. I like that they they put that together. So uh, prequel or horror? Well, man, I like characters that piss me off. Uh, and Q did that in oh. spades. John Delancey is Q, man, from I the very first him. episode. Of, he's like the guy I love to hate, man. You know, <laughs> he's just. You have to have a sort, I guess, a sort of a mindset to play a character that's omnipotent, but is like so much of a freaking goofball that he can't help screwing himself over. You know, I mean, that's the kind of character that Q was. And I mean, mm-hmm. John Delancey channeled it. You even see him in, in in Lower Decks when like he appears at the end of that episode, and Mariner's like, "Fuck off, Q! We don't have time for any of your bullshit." Why don't you go bother Picard? And he's like, oh, I don't want to bother Picard. He's always talking about his <laughs> wine and Shakespeare. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's and then, like yeah. the emotional spectrum at the end, where he's dying, like in the end of Picard, and you see this really wonderful farewell between Jean-Luc Picard and Q, who is, you know, they've sort of been like like frenemies. It's this weird dynamic where they can't, you know, like Picard in particular can't stand Q, but there's a genuine affection toward Picard from Q. Like I don't think that I think Q's life was made complete by his friendship with Picard. He became just a little bit more human. I, I completely agree, 100%. As much as I detest I the character, that. yes, I feel that. <laughs> made made even more, like, reinforced in the Picard series. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Not not in not in TNG, but in the Picard series, absolutely you felt that. Yeah. Um, my next one is going to go to um, Colonel Kier Norris. Mm. How could it not? Um, Super badass. I, I think one of my favorite... Um, little uh, behind-the-scenes stories about um, uh, Norris is when uh, Nana Visitor talks about how when she first read the script, she thought it was written for a man. 
because of what she was saying, how she was speaking to, to certain mm-hmm. people. And when she found out that, no, it's it's going to be a female character, she was that much more driven to play the role. Yeah. Um, but Nerese is, is badass. As a number two, not a Starfleet number two, but as a number two, she stands toe-to-toe with, with some of the best, I would say. I heard her character described once as the sci-fi version of Anne Frank if Anne Frank picked up a machine gun. Yes. You know? <laughs> yep. That's like, nice. It's just, you know... She's really, really deep on a number of different levels. Yes. You know, very, 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 very deep in her faith, but also straight up like warrior type, hardcore skull cracker. You know what I mean? Well, and the fact that they another reason why it, you need to watch Deep Space Nine. Yes. Lee. And the fact that they introduce her as a terrorist first. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, oh well, she's also you know a Bajoran colonel and she's second in command of the station with you, Cisco. So best of luck to you. Yep. You know, she mm-hmm. she uh, awesome, awesome character. Anytime she sat on the bridge of the Defiant, she was in that center seat. That you were like, okay, you're giving her the entire arsenal of this starship to just hand somebody their ass, and it's, it's yeah. awesome. So freaking cool, great character, Lee. Me, uh, I'm going to go with Captain Willard Decker. Mm. He merged with Veeger. Just, wait, wait, wait! Give me Vader! Give me Vader! I'm not giving it's an interesting Vader. honorable mention. Awesome. Even I'm kind of like the first me, movie. Made. Give me Vader! It's the first Star Trek movie. Give, give him his due. Me Vader. He Only because with the he got to live the rest of his Vigor. eternity with Persis Cambada. <coughs> yeah, I just kind of threw that out there. And my actual <laughs> pick is going to be Worf. Love me some Worf. Uh, that was my next one. Yeah, we'll double, we'll double team this one. Yeah, that was that was I just kind of threw that out there as a fun thing. But Worf is my love me some Worf. Not much more you need to say about him. For no, guys amazing. it's Worf. Yeah, fucking Worf. We love him. Right. Favorite scene. Favorite scene with Worf. What is it? What is it? Oh God. Where he goes? To, where him and Picard are going against each other, and he gets it. And it's in the Picard series, isn't it? Is it the Picard series where he gets the best of Picard? What? And then he feels bad. Then he kind of gets back. Or is that a movie? It's got to be a movie. Worf and Picard about. go against each other, so it's one on one. They're they're fighting each other. Oh, you're talking about that scene where it was like if it, if it was any other man, I would kill you. Yes, 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 yes. First contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, yeah, first contact. contact. First contact. You're talking about my yeah. favorite so, movie in the entire. Okay, so my favorite. my favorite Worf scene um, is from Insurrection when they're uh, when he's talking about how you know um, the the whatever it was and the the planet's rings were uh, were making him regress and he was going back in through basically puberty and things like that. Yeah. And uh, Picard says, "Well, you know, if you feel any uh any weird, you know, mood swings or anything like that, let me know." And the the sonar drones come down to try to capture everybody and Worf is firing the phaser rifle and it, you know, runs out of ammunition or whatever and you hear it click <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. just takes the damn thing and just bats the hell out of a drone yeah. and he looks at Picard and he goes, Definitely feeling aggressive tendency, sir. And he's like enjoying it. I was like, yep. yeah, that's that's Worf. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Oh man, dude. For me, it's it's it's, it's either the scene where he kills Galron. Yes. Like where he calls out Galron in the middle of the council and just wipes the floor at that dude, or the Guinan prune juice scene. Oh yes, and yesterday's enterprise. Where she hands him this drink. He's like, "What is this? It's prune juice. It's an Earth delicacy." And he's like. And he takes a sip and he just looks at his cup and his warrior's eyes go drink. wide. This is a warrior's drink. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Worf, it is. Because I, I, I have to drink prune juice sometimes. And I don't it, think I've it ever is had a warrior's drink. drink. It's I actually quite good. Juice. I've never had prune juice before. I'll have to try this now. That's an I'll old, try this right after this old, podcast. It's an old school when you're backed up. you got to get yeah, some Yeah, you got to be old, man. got to be old. Oh, old God. All right. right there. 
Maybe I'll graduate to that at some point. Do you think we should try and go to about two or three more and then I wrap have, it up? I have. I know we all. Everybody has hundreds, but can we? No, no, no. I've only got five. I could do five more. I've got five more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, I could next. do five more. All right. Uh, Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Nice. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry. You have to watch the show, but Garrick for me was like, okay, what, what is it about this character? What is he all about? He's as because lame as the show. Was. He is not fucking lame. <laughs> oh God, you, you are crazy. do not. <laughs> There's a whole book no. Garrick. So oh, Garrick, come on with it. Let's get, go. He's as lame as. No. I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit him. Oh, I swear to God. I'm going to watch it. Star Trek fans. I'm going to watch it and I'll eat my words. Star Trek fans, I will hit him. Oh, my God. The next remark he makes about Deep Space Nine. So, Garrick, I mean, okay, he's a tailor. But you get the idea that he's so much more than a tailor. Um, And and that became so apparent, um, to mention another phenomenal Deep Space Nine episode, in The Pale Moonlight. Is there one? There's a lot of them, (laughs) asshole. Um, You know, when... Cisco goes to Garrick to help, you know, this yep. ploy to bring the Romulans into the Dominion War. And suddenly it yep. turns into this thing where Garrick is the one that plants a bomb on the, the Romulan yep. Senator's shuttle and don't, you, for the love of God, he, he you want to get through. Soldier spy, man. Yes, I adored, I adored the fuck out of Garrick. So yep. Garrick is, is my next honorable mention. Okay, you want to keep I'm just, hey, I just want to ask you something, man, just real quick. I heard what you were saying. You're very passionate in everything that you are talking about. But what are you talking about, the Cisco kid? Because I heard Cisco come from your mouth. What the fuck? And I just want to say, the Cisco kid. There goes any Latin American listeners we had. Well, you know what? Yeah. Everybody's offended. It is what it is. We're just trying to have fun. So Jesus anyway, moving Christ. on. Am moving I next? on. Yes, you're next. Uh, I'm going Please. with seven of nine. Okay. Because uh, that's you've talked about it. She's amazing. Just love her to death. Mm-hmm. She's smoking hot. Everybody knows it. Well, crossing that off, Matt. Another Deep Space Nine. Quark. I yes. love Quark. Man. <laughs> yes. I love the relationship that him and Odo have. Yes. I mean. Quark delights in spinning Odo up, and Odo delights in just driving Quark crazy. He's just a crooked businessman, shyster type. I love that guy. I hate him so much. That's the one guy that sucks so bad. In that You've show never seen the show, so how do you three know? Three episodes, oh and he blows. He's the one always getting You haven't watched enough Deep Space Nine so yet awful. to formulate Those it. giant radar ears and just awful guy. Oh, God. Kaplan? Um, my next one is going to be Captain Philippa Giorgio. I'm so glad I snagged her before you did. Of, you saw it here? Or I, I did not see it. I, no, that's a good one. Great pick. Um, I mean, Should've been again, Michelle Yeoh, absolutely stunning, stunning woman. Um, seeing her on board the bridge of a starship and on command of, you know, in command of her own ship. And short-lived. They could yes. have done an entire series Agreed. with Michelle Yeoh at the helm, and it would have killed it yes it would have killed agreed it. agreed 100 now that being said i am excited uh, to see her come back in section 31 i am excited to see this but i really think that they missed the mark killing Giorgio off that early absolutely no lies no lies detected whatsoever uh lee i don't know if anybody said this one yet probably somebody did but uh scotty man scotty. oh yeah okay did somebody Definitely say that one scotty, or? yeah I don't know if anybody said that. 
No, I had him. Didn't. At, uh, no, but nobody I, said Scotty yet. No. Oddly enough, I had him on number five. Look, I actually etched him out and put in the prequel Kirk, but I didn't put him into my honorable mentions, which I should have. Scotty, man, he's freaking awesome. <laughs> Love me some Scotty. Oh. I'm giving her all I can, Captain. God. Sorry, that just had to be said. That's what I got to do. Oh, okay. was, you, you didn't see a whole lot of Scotty really emote until I think until Star Trek Two when he lost his yeah. nephew. Yes. Like yeah. that, that, that had just ripped the heart out of anybody, man. Yep. He walks in with that kid. And oh my god, that was dude. hard. That was hard. That was a hard watch. <sighs> oh man, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Will Barton, what's your next one, sir? Um, I'm gonna say uh, Lieutenant uh, Lanunian Singh, as played by Christina Chaw. Oh, okay. At first, I didn't know if I was gonna really enjoy her character, man. But the more I see of her, the more I enjoy. She's this combination of you know, easy easy to break your neck type security chief type mm-hmm. and then we're also seeing her start to develop you know the the whole romance with with kurt that got kiboshed right at the end when she figured out that he's with carol and all this <laughs> other stuff but what really sold me for her was the musical episode where christina chong has a stage background yes and her song out of the entire musical episode was the one that i loved the most you know oh yeah 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 I, I really didn't know how... Yes, there is a musical episode in Strange New Worlds. Bear with it. You'll be oh, fine yeah. about that. Um, okay, I love music. So it, it I, I did not know how I was going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And I seconds before I hit play, Savannah's in the kitchen, and she goes, you're really not sure how you're going to feel about this, are you? I said, I have no fucking I idea. I loved it. But I tell you what. Fucking loved it. As a... As a what was it, like a musical score? Oh no, it's a musical, musical like, like they. Like, Hello. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a Bach, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky. No, no, no. It's like Broadway like musical. Yeah, like think, a Broadway, Broadway musical. musical in space. Yeah. Okay. All the way with like a Klingon K-pop scene. <laughs> we should show him a the Klingon K-pop, K-pop scene. scene. Oh, I have to yeah. do that. That's got to be I, amazing. It's it's an incredible episode. Well. Uh, we should watch that right after this podcast. Um, all right, uh, good pick. Good pick, um, sir. So I, I I can't not mention this character in in I, I can't. It's Commander Rolarn. Um, yep. yep. From TNG all the way up to yep. Card season three, watching yep. her come full circle. Um, you know, and and seeing that she really hasn't lost that edge that she had from Next Generation. Um, well, that's because she was, she was sucked into an alternate reality and yes. became Admiral Helena Kane. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, I mean, she was one of bitch. my favorite characters, I think, in Gosh, all of TNG. Yeah. I mean, there was... I would have loved <laughs> to have seen her survive in Picard, spoiler alert, and go on and captain her own ship. Because she would have been a fucking well, I mean, wild maybe. Captain. We don't know. She we don't, don't know. know. They always do say know. that nobody actually dies in Star Trek, so... Yep. But Roe is like... Zero fucks to give. Yes. She just zero <laughs> shits to give about anybody's bullshit. Yep. You know what I mean? I love that about her. Yep. Yeah, she's awesome. I, I enjoy the hell out of her character. Uh, I've got two more. Mr. Ferguson, what do you got? I've got a few more, but we got to cut this off at some point in time. But I'm gonna, i got two more, too. And I'm going to say done. one that's cool. probably not popular. It's a, I, I think a lot of Star Wars fans, this guy was never really built up big. Star Wars fans? Um, Star Trek, sorry. I just love Star Wars so much. I'm going to go with Wesley Crusher. No, I love Wesley, man. Hell yeah. Wesley's oh, I was awesome. hoping for crickets there for about five seconds. Of it no, not yet. for me, dude. Not for me. As a nerdy fucking fat kid back in the day, Wesley was sort of like my hero, man. You know what I mean? Like, we all wanted to be Wesley Crusher. Like, we're going to be the new, 
you know, I didn't necessarily want to be him. Let's not go crazy. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> want to be him on the deck of the fucking uh, Enterprise. Absolutely. Like the prodigy. Having, he was the prodigy. He was going to be the next yeah. coming of Jesus. I don't like how they did this storyline with the whole, like, him leaving. And I get why they did it. That then, did suck. Yeah, but then if you talk, if you ever listen to Will Wheaton as a human, like, you know, the, the real person when we talk about his experience, Will Wheaton is a hell of a guy. He put up with a hell of a lot of awful stuff in his yeah. life. So, I mean, Especially much with respect. parents. I yeah, mean, I know, right? The home just life awful. is just ridiculous. He was great on Big Bang Theory. Funny I love him. Yeah, I know. It's funniest shit on that movie. <laughs> All right, Mr. Will Barton. Man, I got one that I know a lot of people don't like, and I don't give two shits about it. I love Lux Wana Troy. Oh, no, yeah. I love Lux uh, yeah, Wana I Troy. Absolutely, I adore Damn her. Anna Troy's mother. I love how she just, absolutely. like, completely destabilizes the, the stoicness of Picard. I love how she just comes on board the ship and everything just starts going freaking haywire. So, she's a strong-ass woman. You know, she's, smoking. you know... There, there yeah, are, she's like that got that, that cougar vibe to her. You my know God. There are two episodes, voluptuous is the, two, yeah. the word. that I can name. I can't name the name, but I can name the scene verbatim. What The, the first one is when Picard is sneaking out of the turbo lift. Yeah. And he's like, he does that whole, like, peering out of the turbo lift and then <laughs> yep, walks yep. and she goes, Jean-Luc! And he's like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And then God the, damn it. The second episode that I adored is when she was getting married to that um, the, the one ambassador or whatever, and they were having the ceremony on the Enterprise D, and she walks in, in true Betazoid fashion, butt-ass yep. naked, and yep. everybody is like, oh my God, of course, this is what she would do. Of course. And the, the, the two guys that are, you know, the one dude that's getting ready to get married, and he, he's like covering his eyes and walking him out. And like, oh, this is an outrage! It's just awesome. Those two scenes of me for it are, are fantastic. Oh, man, she is, and played by the Queen of Star Trek, Major Barrett. Major Barrett, man. Yep, the Queen. You know, the best. I love her. This is our last one, or we have two more. Well, I, just relax. Don't do it. I'm gonna take extra five minutes just to rattle this off. No, all right. My next. Um, Didn't you just say one? No. He did. Oh. My next honorable mention is going to go to Vatic from Picard. Oh, yeah, man. As a villain, I mean, first of all, following right off of the heels of her dad playing Chang. Um, and Chang was on my list, but because he's been mentioned a couple times, I'm going to. I did not mention him, but Vatic, for me, was just awesome. A fantastic villain. Um, excellently written. Um, I mean, it just, just all around and the cues, the fucking cues that she took from Chang, her father from that acting yeah. and implanted yeah. them in Vatic was just so, it, it was the ultimate homage to, to, to her father's role in Star Trek to carry that over and to be just yeah. as, as bitter as a villain as as Chang, I mean, just perfect, spot on. My my favorite. Man, Amanda Plummer killed that man. She, she did. She absolutely did. It. I loved the scene when she first meets Shaw, and mm-hmm. you know she's naming the names, and he um and he says something about you know would it be uh, important for you to know that I was having a good evening or good day before all of this started? And she goes, well, that's great considering your last uh, mental evaluation, <laughs> and you know he immediately like, excuse me. And then she <laughs> looks at Picard and she goes, Jean-Luc Picard. Like, oh, 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 this woman's got you guys. She's got your numbers. 
you are in trouble. I loved that character. Oh, absolutely. Lee? Uh, I'm going to go with um, Chekhov. Okay, I don't hate it. I yeah. don't hate it. Yeah, I would have thought he'd be mentioned a little bit earlier, but... Mm. I remember the one scene... Remember the one scene in... Um, was undiscovered country where they're drinking their Romulan ale and they're mingling and he I don't know he gets with another crew member I forget who it was and the God what was it the one lady went by and he goes he goes she has wonderful muscles oh in Final Frontier <laughs> Final Frontier oh yeah Final Frontier yeah yeah well it's funny because we him. see we see Chekhov's reaction to Romulan <laughs> ale in two separate occasions in in the last two movies of that franchise that instance and then in undiscovered country after dinner. They all go, you know, get back up to the bridge, and this is just before the Enterprise fires on the the Klingon ship, and um, uh, Spock calls Kirk and and somebody else to the bridge, and Kirk goes, "Listen, Spock, I'm really tired," and Spock's like, "Yeah, but X, Y, and Z," and Kirk goes, "Check off, detected any radiation leak?" and he's leaning on the console and he goes, oh "Only God, at the size, the of, size my of my head." head. Yeah, they're all hung over like <laughs> and a He goes. Dog. I know what you mean. And then, boom, they fire on the... Uh... And the shame of it is that his character in the prequels, that he... He uh, was he killed. He passed away, yeah. unfortunately. Anton Yelchin, yeah. What a shame. Cause By a Jeep. Another mm. character and the casting that they did in those prequels is just mm. so amazing. They, I Perfect, picked yeah. the right guy for yeah, that. Man, they did. It's just 1, a great job. 1,000% they did. So, yeah, check All right, off, man. Last round. Will Barton. Oh, man. Last, I guess, goes to me. Um... I'm going to have to say Mark Leonard's Romulan commander in Balance of Terror. Oh, oh, oh. So, okay. I, yes. With, I mean, so again, I love a good villain. And mm-hmm. where we all know Mark Leonard is Sarek, Spock's father, but playing the Romulan commander in Balance of Terror. We've all talked about how much we love that episode, how much it harkens back to the old World War II submarine movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just, he just killed it. He really killed it as the. As the villain that you could become, you know, empathetic with, yes. you know, empathetic about, you know. Yep, yep. Good, good pick. Ooh, I it's a snowstorm do coming not to hate Hanover, it. but I don't know if you know that, by the way. Oh, whatever. I just got alerted. <laughs> All right, my last one. <clears throat> I'm gonna give my uh, my 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 lower decks some love. Brad Boimler. Oh man. Uh, oh man, I gotta add one more. Holy shit! I got. <laughs> Yeah, okay. You yeah, can go, sorry, Will. Dude. You can go. I'll do my Brad, last one. You add your. Oh, you Boimler. finish. You finish. You finish. Brad Boimler, my boy. Okay, I named my Mini Cooper after him. My Mini Ooh. Cooper's name is Boimler, and I'm going oh to get God. custom plates. Okay, but I love Brad. He is like, you know, he wants to be the picture perfect Starfleet officer, and you know, we we he he does all the the dumb little nuances. He, he sucks. He's a logs. giant suck up. Didn't he? Isn't he the suck up guy in Lower Decks? But why does he talk? Why Didn't do we like him? Because he hasn't had his prune juice. Jesus Christ! He sucks. It's Jesus okay, Christ. Lee. The nursing home will take you home soon. Okay. Um. So, but he's he's. He, <laughs> Isn't he the guy character. that like narks on everybody and tells no, on everybody? No, no, okay. he, he doesn't. No, so I got the wrong he's, so, he's kind of a magoo at first, well, but he's a great <clears> character. I, I love. I, I think one of my favorites with him, and I'm going to mention this favorite, is when um. Uh, they have uh, Robert Duncan McNeil back as Tom Paris, and Boimler's trying to get his plate signed. So he's going through this entire like adventure, basically through the the um, Cerritos. That is him, and he finally—that's him. 
he doesn't. T- you haven't watched hey, listen, enough of the series I watched to enough pass enough to know judgment. when they first came out, he sucked and he like you, told on everybody. He was not, like the narc that everybody you hated. You do not know enough That's about him. the series to comment any further. Season you, one of, of Lower Decks, this guy everybody hated him because he narked it. on everybody. He told on everybody. Oh he was like God. the he was like the. The photo what guy. What the hell are you watching? That, that's who this is. That's him, listen, correct? Listen, yes. He is. But well, you, thank you. Thank you, you for validating that. You have not seen enough of this show. I have show not watched to season two, valid... three, or four, but correct. I'm telling you, season no, one, just that's who this talking. guy was, correct? So, correct. He, well, only for like the first couple of episodes. For the first couple of episodes while they were feeling like a character. That's what I know. I'm yep. just telling okay. you. Well, watch was. more of it and understand the rest of it. God. Anyway. I love, when, I love when Boimler drops on the bridge after Tom Paris asks um, Captain Freeman <laughs> if he can take the helm of the, uh, of the Cerritos yes. and give her a spin. And Boimler drops out. And he's got a headband and his hair is all, you know, fucked up. And he's like, he says something or he, he comes out of the, the, um, the Jeffrey's tubes like totally, you know, whacked out. And Tom Paris turns around and goes... Or Boimler says something, and Tom Paris goes, Kazon! And tackles him. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That was fucking great. Uh, all right, Will, your last one. We're, we're, we're done with it. I wish we had more time for this show. I could talk about this all day. Beckett Mariner. Think? Yes. How yes. the hell we didn't me. talk about Beckett at you all? Said she should have been in my he could go. top ten. Yeah, Beckett Mariner. Yeah, awesome. Said, no, you said he could go, go. and then go. Just go. Okay, just go. great. Just go. Good. Beckett Mariner, continue. It's better than whatever he's got anyway. Just go. Oh, my God. I love her, man. Look, She's awesome. So, so socially inappropriate. So disrespectful. So doing her own damn thing. I swear. I, like, I do what I want. I, I knew I knew what tone we were in for with her character in the first episode where she's, she's like, you know, drunk on the, the Romulan ale. And she goes, look at this. Look at, look at this contraband. Oh, here's a bat lift. I love honor. We, and she swings the thing and hacks part of the right boiler's open. leg off. And they stop and they stare at each other. And, oh, my God. That's that awesome. So great. I love that. That series, Lower Decks, is... Oh my god, I love, I love Lower Decks. I cannot Can't say, say enough, enough good shit about it. about it, man. Borg Queen, I'm just putting it out there. Loved her. She was awesome. <sighs> all right, all right. Solid, solid villain, her. man. I, I will great. say, man. Alice great Creed acting. creeped me the fuck out great when acting. she played the Borg Queen. Like a Hellraiser whole, character, for Christ's sake. That whole blowing on Data's fake skin, you know. Ugh. Yeah. No. The scene where she just comes down out of the Matrix and, like, or out of, out of the you know the, the rafters and her whole body yes. is there and then the, the thing clicks on and I was like oh like yeah like you said you got like the like, chills oh, good lord all right well this has been a fun episode we are going to wrap up we are an hour and thirty minutes in basically so we're going to wrap up um, so this has been uh, Lee Ferguson Will Barton and myself been a good one you can look for us on Facebook we are on Talking Sci Fi Podcast our Facebook page. Uh, you can catch us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast content from. And uh, we are coming back at you here with some more episodes lined up. Please like us, follow us. Yes, Please. give us a like, give us a follow. Um, we are not at the subscription point yet, but like and follow the podcast. We are looking to grow it and uh, blow it up. Without further ado, Mr. Ferguson, Mr. Barton, live long and prosper. May the force be with you. So say we all.